0: goes through a process with referendum process and so on and uh, that's the right way to do things and uh, it's not because something is obvious or or like in our case such a small thing what you guys crypto guys you're like a small tiny community why do you complain right well no it's a matter of principle of law principle of democracy and uh, you need to have a path to fight for it
1: Welcome to another episode of the Swiss Road to Crypto. A recent ruling by FINMA, the Swiss financial regulator, unexpectedly sparked the discontent of the Swiss crypto community. The ruling in the form of an ordinance related to how much cryptocurrency an entity is allowed to buy without having to go through a KYC procedure. KYC stands for Know Your Customer. It is a procedure intended to identify the real owner of the assets and the origin of the assets. The ruling was contested by a small group led by Alexis Roussel. He will give us the context and explain why he contested it. In general, FINMA is well-respected by the crypto community, but this event reveals how a small group can contest and shape legislation in Switzerland. Alexis Roussel is the co-founder of the crypto exchange BIDI in Switzerland. Currently, he is the CEO of NIM Technologies. In the past, he was vice president of the Swiss Bitcoin Association and president of the Swiss Pirate Party. Furthermore, he holds a master's in law from the University of Paris-Sorbonne. After Alexi's explanations, we had a discussion with Alex Polterak and Mauro Capiello on this case and the implications for the sector in general. Finally, just for clarity, SBB stands for the Schweizer Bundesbahn. It's the Swiss railroad system, and one can buy tickets for the Swiss railroad system using cryptocurrencies on their automated machines uh, in the railroad stations. So good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Mauro. Good morning. Hello. Good, mo- good morning, Alex. Hi, everyone. And good morning, Alexi It's a pleasure for me to be here. So. There was a recent ruling of FINMA of how much money one can buy cryptocurrency, anonymous cryptocurrency payment one can buy without doing a KYC. And FINMA came to a ruling of $1,000, whereas if one wants to buy fiat against fiat anonymously in Switzerland, it's $5,000. So can you tell us a little bit about why this is important?
0: So really the main story, the great main story is that in 2014, when crypto... uh, regulation started in Switzerland. the Federal Council said, hey, something very sensible it says in a report of uh, J- uh, May June 2014, it says if it looks like money and people think it has value, fine, then you just have to apply all the existing rules of uh, about money uh, in the society, right? And uh, that means that if you are selling goods with crypto for crypto, you have to pay vat for example it's it's something really reasonable right it's it's not something you don't have to invent a new rule like uh, many other countries did and that really sparked a lot of a lot of innovation a lot of companies and uh, it allowed people to just apply the existing law and uh, in there the um, finma said well about regulations of the financial market supervision which is in charge of finma uh, same applies. They just have to follow the rule, and so what happened is that the the financial intermediaries, the people who are dealing of money of others, just had to register as a normal with normal licenses to to them, right? And uh, and then the rules that those financial intermediaries have to apply are just the standard rules about transfer of money, exchange of money, uh, any kind of like. Financial activity, you have to apply the normal rules. That's why, for example, we don't have an FTX-like company in Switzerland. Because in Switzerland, if you want to do something like FTX, which collapsed, you need a banking license to avoid the problems FTX had. It so that's why there's no big exchange in Switzerland, for example, a big exchange custodial exchanges in Switzerland. So that actually, this approach was really good. But then uh Finma started to apply this uh this principle, and they have a way of doing which is to, to write practice, to to write circular and to be to make some adaptations, right? And in general, Finma was doing a good job, but then on one specific item, it is the, uh, the purchase uh with a professional so if i'm a citizen i'm an individual and i go i want you to buy or sell bitcoin crypto from a uh, company then suddenly instead of applying the normal rules on there they started to change the rules completely from the beginning and and the problem is that they did this in a pattern which keeps on repeating which is based on some kind of emotions or thinking that they have, which is not based on the reality. And the problem is that FINMA says we are a regulator. And every time we take a decision, it's based on reality, it's evidence-based regulation. We make reports, we make market analysis, we make mark impact analysis, except in this place where they just spit out new rules every time without doing any analysis and just because we don't know. So the first rule that they changed, they changed the uh, some presumption. And they said you have to implement a... Basically, there is this rule in Switzerland, which says that if you go to a Forex exchange, if you want to change some cash against cash, you can do this without procedure, without KYC, easy, up to 5,000 francs. Why so? Why this rule exists? Because if I have uh, 5,000 francs, and I want 5,000 yeah. euros or the equivalent in euros. And I go into in front of a cashier, I give this money, take it back. I mean, it's a tool which is not very useful for money laundering. The value doesn't change from one person to another. I, I'm not sending money to someone. I'm just like changing the form of the value I have. And so the risk is actually quite low in terms of like money laundering. And there is this limit of 5,000 francs per transaction so i can i can change my salary i can change a number of things and which is pretty reasonable so normal people are not affected by this if you want to change more money well then probably you're a professional probably there's a reason and you need to show your id okay so first if you are dealing with crypto you can avoid asking the um, the id of the people up to 5000 francs but you have to prove that it's an exchange okay so we had to adapt and make a technical methods, uh, which online can be used. Uh, we use the signature schemes. Uh, you, you can sign a message with your private key. Or if you go to the ATM, you have a paper wallet. These are like technical measures that make sure that the person in front of the ATM is actually the one getting the money. Okay, that's very simple. I put a banknote. I receive my paper wallet. I'm the same person who is getting the money. But so, so that was the first rule. Everything was gravy, everything was cool. Suddenly, there is this international meeting and and, uh, uh, with the FATF. And the FATF is like completely panicked about crypto and sees that all the countries in Europe or the world have no rules about crypto, but Switzerland already has. And Switzerland is part of this group. And uh, they say, well, we have to align everyone with the same rule. And they took the US rule saying, for crypto, $1,000 is the limit uh, for identification. So under, you can still do some trades without identification, but above, you have to do it. So they put this rule for everyone, saying now it's 1,000, euro, dollar, whatever. And FINMA says, okay, we just go along with it, right? They didn't fight for it, they didn't do any research, does it make sense for the market, nothing. They just said, oh, we just go along, right? Uh, even though they already had a rule of 5,000, which was good enough. I mean, it was better than the others who had no rule at all. Uh, so they could have argued, but no, they, they did this. So they we came back to us and they imposed now it's 1000 per transaction. So we try to fight. We try to say, hey, guys, again, you did not do any market analysis. You didn't look at the reality. Uh, you didn't do uh, impact. You're changing the law. You're making a dis- discrimination between the crypto and, the, and the, the fiat, which doesn't make sense. And they just always don't answer and tell us, no, just just do it. I mean, they make that small paragraph and say, you don't care. You just implement it. Okay. But So, I mean, the market was 1,000 franc per transaction. was still okay. And then suddenly we receive an email. I mean, one of our regulators like COEF and uh, Arif and all these kind of like SROs, self-regulatory organization, receives an email from FINMA saying, hey, you know what? We change our mind because there is an article in Blick uh, so Blick is a trash news, you know, like I don't know uh, what's in uh, the Mirror, right? In England, you have the Mirror, and uh, I don't know what kind of like good trash news with celebrities and whatever, and and so so there is this article in Blick, which talks about drug dealers using the Bitcoin ATMs of the train uh, company here in Switzerland, uh, because you can buy Bitcoin at the train company's uh, uh, ticketing machine. And they're using this with Telegram and with some other tools to, to do some deals with some small drug deals. You know, you can buy like a small, small amounts, right? And just because of this, they sent us an email saying, this is unacceptable. You have to now implement a rule. It's 1,000 per month. Uh, you're only allowed to sell 1,000 per month to a customer without identifying him. And that changes completely. We were like really shocked. We like, hey, first... You're sending an email just like this, right? You give us two weeks. You're you're a regulator who's supposed to like warn people, make something like a a good process. No, you're just sending an email saying we have to change. And you are basing this on an article of trash news. Like you're supposed to do evidence-based research, not just based on some journal who is used to do fake news, right? And trash news and whatever. So... Uh, and and uh, so it didn't make sense completely it, it it was really out of the blue like this and uh, and also it creates a, a problem because uh accounting for one thousand per month uh instead of one thousand per transaction is really different right so and it t- start to touch people because one thousand per month is something you you are you really reach as an individual if you are like using Bitcoin on a regular basis this is something I limit or like Touching uh, quickly, if it's one thousand per day, and you're earning ten thousand, it's okay. You're spending two or three thousand per month on Bitcoin and vice versa. It's something which still works for you, and you can remain. You don't have to use a a, a a KYC system. But in that case, that was really touching more and more people. So we made a revolution in all the community, and we sent to the regulators a letter saying, "No, we don't implement this." Because your email is completely fucked up. And so what is interesting is that they back down because they saw this real like wall of like saying no. But they came back a few months later saying, oh, now we are doing the right process. We're actually making an ordinance, right? We're making an official document with all the right procedure. and there's an audition that you can that you can participate in, right? And they put the text in there, okay, 1,000 francs per month. For crypto, and because forced to to actually write down a certain number of things, they made some errors. So they removed the reference to the article of Blick, which is good, uh, but they kept the reference to another article of the Tagesanzeiger which is a reference to the article of Blick. So the source of information was still the kind of the same, but just for saving the face, they removed the Blick article, the the Blick uh, link. And they say, well, indeed, we have to limit to 1,000 francs per month for KYC transaction uh, because for non-KYC transaction, because this is used uh, at the ATMs, and especially for those uh, drug deals at the train stations. And uh, they made the error because, again, they were not doing any market analysis. They assumed, this is what they say, they say most of the transactions were done, are done uh, under thousands francs at the ATMs for drug deals. And we said no, it's not true. please listen to us, listen to the market and then we start showing numbers and we told them, look, uh, Bitty, the company which I created has two activities. It has ATMs and it has a uh, online platform. and the ratio between the two in terms of like numbers of transaction is 20 percent on the ATMs and 80 percent on the. On online. So obviously not all the transactions are on the ATM. And then we we had some other companies like Relay, like Pocket Bitcoin, like uh, they all do exchanges, small exchanges of less than 1000 francs, and they are only online. So most of the transactions are actually happening online and not on the ATMs. And they were telling us all these transactions are happening on the ATMs.
1: In terms of the KYC, is there a difference between the KYC that is done if somebody changes five hundred francs online as opposed to five hundred yen? Uh,
0: well, if you have to do a KYC, no, the KYC would be the same. Okay. The KYC is a it's a unique um, it's a unique concept, okay. and either you pass or you not pass It mm-hmm. right? That's uh, it's pretty simple. So it's 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 quite standard standardised. So basically, uh, <laughs> we come to that point where we have this audition. Uh, and, and so the, the community comes to me because they know I, I was already active on this and, and we organized the, the answer. And so what I made sure is I made sure that uh, I talked to the self-regulatory organization, the ones that are working with, uh, with companies like uh, Bity, like Relay, Pocket, Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin, Suisse, all these companies. right? And I told them, well, it's a bad idea. Right uh, for you and for your members, and uh, you should answer and please answer no. We, and actually, they did. They went. They came together. They had a council of all the SROs, and they they send a message to Finma. Say it's a bad idea, uh, and they said to Finma also it's a bad idea. So don't put it in place. If you really, really, really want to put this rule in place, just limit it. Only to the machines and not as a general rule, which could be a fair argument, right? At least going into the direction of FINMA, their problem was the ATMs. Uh, Don't touch the rest of the community, only like focus on the ATMs. And because your rule that you originally had was bad. OK, so we had those people. Obviously, all the professionals, uh, me, the companies, uh, lawyers, we, we send back questions saying it's not a good idea. You're creating discrimination. You're not uh, looking at the numbers. You're uh, you're going to prob- create problems down the line and so on. And then also I got people, individuals who tells me, Alexei, I want to be to help. So we drafted a, a template of a letter for an individual to be able to send this letter to, uh, to FINMA. And uh, it was a big success. We had almost 250 individual contributions that were sent to FINMA. And that was the first case. It never happened before. So you had 250 contributions in total coming to FINMA. They had to go through all of them. And, and all these contributions say it's a bad idea. And if you look at the package, there is no single contribution of anyone who says it is a good idea you should implement it right no one says it's okay everyone says it's not okay so what is the result of the audition from Finma? they say well we do it anyway (laughs) we'll do it anyway but you're right you're right they they admit that the number of transaction going through the atm was not the one that they thought right so they said well we are, all, we are going to change the phrasing and uh, we are going to focus on the ATMs. But by saying uh, the limit of the 1,000 franc per month does not apply online when you're paying with a bank account or you're paying with credit card or whatever, it doesn't apply. So, but it applies if you are paying in cash, on Espèces in cash, and with anonymous means of payment and so basically what they did is they tried to reduce the scope to a certain number of type of transactions that they want to uh that they are afraid but not the really still not really the ones of the atms they kind of admitted to limit to the atms but by doing so they invented a new concept in financial law that didn't exist until now in switzerland is the concept of anonymous means of payments. And they put a discrimination on those ones. And this is the text which now is going to, to the enforce from the 1st of January, 2023. Now all the ATM operators will have to implement this rule throughout the year. Um, they got some delays, which are now sensible. It was Before it was two weeks delay. Now they have uh, six months uh, delays to implement uh, this rule which is sensible. So, I mean, most of them, they're going to implement it. There's not, not much uh, thing here that we can do, but at least online platform, they can still continue with 1,000 per transaction or per day or whatever, which is fine. So that doesn't change most of the community. So we kind of saved part of it, but by saving part of it, we created this like weird thing about anonymous uh, payment system that Finma wants to discriminate on and what is interesting is earlier this month or late last month the federal council again pushed up a a report which was unrelated to this story which which was about cash and someone was asking uh to to the federal council oh uh, we want to make a mandatory we want to make rules to make sure we don't lose cash, you know, because people are afraid that cash will disappear uh, through all those card system and whatever, and then people lose autonomy. So we, in our community, we know we have crypto that that is the new form of cash, right, which 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 fills the gap. But people who don't know crypto, they they see the physical cash disappearing, and some of them are afraid. So they came to the to the federal council and say, "Hey, uh, federal council, we don't want to lose the cash." And the federal council answered in a way, which is great. They said, well, we don't need to do it and we don't need to do anything. We're not going to make anything mandatory about cash, but we do recognize that cash is important for two reasons. One, it helps the unbanked people. And two, it is an anonymous way of payment and it is useful in the society to have an anonymous payment uh, method to actually protect privacy it's a tool for to protect privacy and and it's funny because then you have like these two political concerns completely apart you have the Finma who's trying to fight against those tiny ridiculous 1000 limits on kyc for some reason we don't understand really behind why they do this because they don't have studies that back all their thinking and they don't back it up with data and on the other side, you have the federal council, which says, well, actually, cash and privacy is important, right? They don't make the link with crypto. But basically, we see this fight uh, happening, which is interesting. So so this is the status now, is that we we kind of save the situation with online payments, and the industry is still allowed to use this 1,000 limit per transaction and per day, which is good, right? But the FINMA try to Focus on the ATMs, but created this kind of like weird opening of this discrimination on an anonymous payment system, which is a bit worrying. So now the next step is actually fighting this uh, ordinance in court, because uh, it opens up uh, real problems of law, of like uh, if you're in if you're an administrative institution like Finma, you have to apply the law. And you can do some practical adjustments on the some of the regulations uh, because of uh, how the market is, how the technology is, whatever, how where the risks are really. But one thing you're not allowed to do is through this process of adjusting technically the work of the banks and the work of the people, the compliance teams and everything, you're not allowed to invent new principles that should be put in the law right? And the law has a different process. The, the the FINMA, they can basically publish any rules in their scope. But if they publish a rule, which is a principle-based rule, normally it should go through the parliament. And it has to be a proper law. It has to be added in the whatever uh, uh, AML law or the financial surveillance law, whatever kind of law which applies the way it should be. And uh, this didn't happen here. Uh, and uh, we're now in the process of like examining it. And I believe there is a pass to uh, contest this ordinance to, to also tell FIMA you have to stop making regulations without any knowledge of the markets because you've been doing this for five years. You're only answering based on what you see coming to you like this, how you say, very, uh, they're, they're just purely reactive, right? Uh, sometimes it's we are lucky because, for example, you have the whole Libra DM uh, thing that uh, was happening. They created a very good, the best regulation uh, uh, or the best understanding of what stable coins are in the whole world is in Switzerland. We have a really good document about this done by FINMA. But they did this just because uh, this Libra DM story just took out of proportion, but then poof, disappeared, nothing happened. So they did the work for nothing. So luckily, it's good work, so everyone can reuse it. But basically, they did the work for nothing just because you had this like new story that broke out about Libra DM. Uh, And here it's a bit the same. They're like going crazy because just there's a big story about some drug dealers using the the, the, the SBB uh, ticketing machines and and they do some regulations about it without even talking and asking what we think as operators or uh, what people think. So, yeah, so the fight continues, but we had good influence where we're seeing that the influence is is changing. And I'm going to to end on one funny thing is that there was an article recently in Finnews where the journalist, uh, a journalist told this story. And he told the story in a very weird way because he said, what happened? Oh, uh, there is this weird uh, uprising from the crypto community that happens and we don't understand it. So he talks to, to Finmai and say, yeah, we're not used to this, but it's it's crazy. Those crypto people are really crazy. Maybe there's some hidden agendas and everything. And but no, no, there's no hidden agenda. They they could have just like talked to me, and I would tell I would have tell them our our view of the reality. And how we are actually fighting on principles, and also based on how the market is evolving, and how we see people actually using this crypto, which is a real thing and has a real value and and has real usages right now. So, so that you're contesting the point.
1: ordinance, and what's the path going forward on that? But will we have news. So
0: I'm talking to a lot of lawyers uh, around who are ready to help. Is uh, trying to find the, arg- the right arguments, uh, and the pass would be a pass of public law, uh, which is basically that's Finma. Did something which is not uh, admissible uh, under their competency, uh, and uh, which I think is arguable. And now, the the most important thing is how do we present this to to the federal tribunal? There, there are some examples. Uh, I'll give you an example of in Swiss history, which which was a bit the same, uh, a bit the same, but uh, in terms of law, it's the same. In terms of the reason behind, it's a bit different. Uh, in the 70s, cars we were tra- we were starting to use security belts, right? And uh, uh, and uh, Switzerland is always a bit late in, in in putting things. But at one point in Europe, everyone was making mandatory usage of security belts in the cars. And uh, there was so much consensus about this in 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 the late 70s uh, about how good it was for security, and we were actually seeing a drop of n- number of dead people. Uh, that uh, what happened is that. Uh, the office, one of the office of uh, the federal administration, just took an ordinance. Say now it's mandatory that uh, we put uh, security belts in the car, and you have to wear them; otherwise, it's uh, an offense. And uh, and there's one guy in Valais, and uh, who said, "Well, no, no, sorry. Even if there is a consensus, it's not okay because you are putting a principle into an ordinance." And it's a new principle of law. It should be in the law. And he went to the tribunal and the tribunal, the federal tribunal did break that uh, that rule and they had to actually make a proper law. And so the law goes through a process with referendum process and so on. And uh, that's the right way to do things. And uh, it's not because something is obvious or or like in our case, such a small thing. What do you guys, crypto guys, you're like a small, tiny community. Why do you complain? There's some drug dealers there. We're just trying to fix that. And, and you guys are playing with some valueless tokens, whatever. Why do you care, right? Well, no, it's a matter of principle of law, principle of democracy. And you need to have a path to fight for it, right? So that's what we're, we're doing with it.
1: OK, so thank you very much for that uh, elaborate uh, explanation. And we'll keep stay tuned for 2023 to see if this ordinance gets contested and changed into a law and so on. Uh, we then had a discussion with Mauro Capiello and Alex Polterac, but we had a small audio problem, so forgive me. The first question came from Alex Polterak. He pointed out that one of the strong points of the Swiss legal system is that it is considered predictable and stable. So he was asking uh, how he thought this incident would affect the crypto community or how people judge Switzerland in general as a good place to do business or not.
0: So I, I do think from my view is that it, it's uh, it's just like, this specific thing is focusing all the mistakes of the FINMA and not the rest. So, so companies, who, who, companies who need that specific tool might might see it as indeed rules are changing every six months. But the rest of the industry and the rest of the population, when you're on the other topics we see great stability and great and and rules which make sense so i think in general that doesn't that doesn't change uh, the stability of the place of the regulation and also what is good is that we are in a place where we can fight against this so in other countries when similar things happen you don't see the fight you don't have a community that can organize itself you don't have a you don't have a pass uh, a legal pass to be actually able to uh, fight for these things and we have it right so um, i think the the fact that we are fighting so publicly about something like this could be seen also as a positive thing no, so
2: yeah i think so i think like... s- Alexis, I think there's a little bit, there's another one which is kind of coming along, which is more in the security token space, right? It is actually similar, not as, uh, I would say, you know, not as broad as as this situation, but we can see that, you know, I'll say a little bit black and white that FINMA and SDX6, you know, they would like to keep uh, the way they manage security tokens if it comes to the secondary market in the same way as they always have done, that's only one company who can kind of hold these securities, right? And I think there we now see a movement where obviously many companies feel, why do we need to have Uh, our, you know, central depository of the security really at uh, SDX, right? Uh, You know, we are a decentralized world and, you know, we have service providers who can now manage that. So there's another kind of thing going on there as well, which is a little bit more, I would say, complex because, you know, the rules and regulations in the securities world are a bit more extensive. But, you know, I think also here, Swiss Blockchain Federation and others, uh, we're trying to push back and say, hey. You know, you know this has to be opened up, uh, especially you know if you if you trade with secu- uh, tokenized securities, right? That you can have a, a broader custody of it.
0: I see less a threat there. I would say it's more an existing industry which is trying yeah, to yes. replicate what they're doing, right, and to kind of save face uh, based on these changes. We see that the markets itself is actually you have like market participants. Uh, a company like where I am right now, which is Nim, which actually issued something which first was a security, then is uh, moved to a utility token. But uh, and 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 we were able to do this outside of uh, of this framework uh, of this, this 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 like without captation by this uh, group of people. And uh, what is interesting is that the Swiss law is protecting us because issuing a token is free markets, and then uh, we have the tools to. Abide to uh, AML and to all the uh, laws by ourselves without going through a specific number of companies which are trying to capture the market. So, uh, actually, if you're smart enough as a as an institution and in you're courageous enough to 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 take these steps, you have the liberty. and And, and crypto. This is the point of crypto. It actually puts the control back in the one who is issuing or the one who has a token and he can decide to apply the law as it should be and if one day it goes to a judge the judge will never tell you oh you had to go through this monopoly of those guys who made the kind of like uh, uh, market monopoly that is not in the law but you have to go through them no no the judge will say no you follow the law it's okay right so I'm not le- I'm not I'm not that, that much concerned there. A lot of people will go to those companies by comfort or because they don't know and because there's a kind of like framework which seems oh they've been always use- doing this. So they will capture a lot of the market. But I think uh, we need to give the example that doing it outside of that of those yep. uh, of this captation, this monopoly, it's actually a good thing. And crypto gives us this liberty.
2: The interesting thing is, Alexis, that these are traditional companies which actually want to try something new, innovate, and you know follow probably the path like a company. Uh, what you just said, you know, where they uh, can provide that you know flexibility, new models, and but they go to Finma, and then Finma says, uh, no, you know, if you want to hold security tokens for other banks, you know, you have to have a CSC license, right? And then basically, what I want to say is, you know, this they do rule sometimes on on close to principles in, in other aspects as well. And, uh, you know, there's actually the same reaction that, you know, this industry more on the security token side is going to feed more or to the politician and say, no, uh, we need to change that. And I think it proves the point that we have the possibility to do it here in Switzerland. Right. And, and therefore I think, you know companies will continue to come to switzerland also because the eu regulation which you probably know better than me but also in the security space you know uh, in others we have much more clear guidelines and, and structure that they have in in other countries in europe right
0: okie dokie
2: alexis <laughs> i think it's just rules still there that you have a yearly limit of what you can invest or exchange in crypto? Uh, no, there those?
0: is no, no, there is no There's, yearly no? There's no yearly limits. A lot of uh, crypto brokers or financial intermediaries uh, put a limit, a yearly limit, but, this, okay. uh, but but they do this voluntarily because the reality is that uh, there are some rules, uh, practical rules about anti money anti money laundering laws that if you man if 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 one of your clients is starting to do bigger amounts than 100,000 Swiss franc uh, it it yeah, costs yes. it starts to cost yes. a lot in terms of like monitoring these people, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. a lot of company decided that, okay, let's say under 1, 100,000 Swiss francs per year, so we can automate uh, all the process and it's uh, cheaper for us to manage. So that, that's why this limit exists, but it's not a limit which is in the law. It's a limit which is actually voluntarily done by the community uh, uh, for simplicity reason. Yeah. Okay, got
2: it. Okay, thank you. Okay,
1: so thank you for that discussion, gentlemen, and uh, stay tuned in 2023 to see how the law in Switzerland evolves. Thank you, gentlemen. If you enjoy this podcast, the best way to contribute to it is by sending sats over the Lightning Network. The easiest way to do that is to listen to it on a Lightning-enabled podcast player like Breeze or the Fountain app and donate sats there. You can also share the link to the episode on social media and recommend it to others. A link to the Fountain app and the Breeze app are in the show notes.